The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, this is Cruise Radio. Hey, how's it going? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here. Doing it from the road this week. Yeah, we're here in Vegas right now where we've been hiking for the past five days. Went over to Valley of Fire State Park. That was kind of cool. Some really cool sights there. Also the Hoover Dam and uh, hiked around Lake Mead and hoping to hit uh, Grand Canyon and Sedona on the way back. So uh, we'll see how that takes us. Had a blizzard on the way out here in uh, Flagstaff, Arizona, out of all places. And uh, I wasn't expecting it. It was like a freak storm. So uh, that was fun to spend the night in the Flying Jays truck stop. But uh, yeah, I'm sure you don't want to hear anything about that. So we'll get right to Sherry with Cruise News. Hi, Sherry. Hi, Doug. So Royal Caribbean had some news yesterday. That's right. After a 10-year absence, Navigator of the Seas will move to Los Angeles in June of 2022. The ship will then sail three, four, and five night itineraries to Catalina Island and then Ensenada and Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. During the winter, several seven-night holiday sailings will include an overnight in Cabo San Lucas. And bookings open for sale beginning Monday, March 29th. Have you ever done Catalina? I have not. I've been to Ensenada and Cabo, mm-hmm. but not Catalina. Yeah, it looks uh, it looks cool. That's that's the island that's like right off the coast, right, right off of, you can see it from L.A., right? Yeah, it used to be a really, really popular spot back in the, the 40s and 50s for all the Hollywood jet setters. They would just go to Catalina Island for the weekend. And the first major cruise line sailing from the U.S. will now require a vaccine. Yeah, Virgin Voyages has announced it will require all passengers and crew to have had their vaccination in order to cruise on any of their U.S. departures. Unfortunately, Virgin Voyages has had to cancel the debut of its first ship, Scarlet Lady, from Miami, and that's until July 1. And like all other major cruise lines with U.S. departures, Virgin Voyages is also waiting for CDC guidance and compliance until cruising can begin again. But going back to the vaccine, American Queen Steamboat Company requires all guests and crew to be fully vaccinated for their U.S. river cruises for all departures beginning July 1. And their sister company, Victory Cruises, is also requiring passengers and crew to be fully vaccinated for any cruises beginning July 1 and onward. I guess those three cruise lines really, well, Virgin is adults only, so no one under 16 will be on there anyway. But you don't really have that crowd on the river cruises either, right? Yeah, it's an older crowd. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and both of those. You know, so hopefully everyone has already been vaccinated or will definitely be vaccinated by July. And more uncertainty for Alaska. So at the beginning of this week, Holland America and Princess Cruises canceled all of their round trip from Seattle, Alaska cruises for the month of June. The ships will be required to make a service call in Victoria, Canada. And as we've talked about, because of Canada's ban on cruise ships carrying over 100 passengers and crew, 
the service call just isn't possible. So in total, six Hound America cruises were canceled, and that um, includes Eurodom and Osterdom. And then over at Princess, cruises to Alaska from Seattle aboard Emerald Princess and Majestic Princess were canceled. You know, it's sad, but I'm still holding on to some kind of hope that Alaska will see something before this season, the 2021 season is out, because God knows they don't need another 2020. No, they're hurting, mm-hmm. um, but who knows? Yeah. Who knows? You know, this is a good year to fly up there if yeah, you can. that's true. Uh, Norwegian Cruise Line has also dropped the axe on some sailings. Yep. So also earlier this week, Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings announced the cancellation of all cruises through June for their three cruise lines, which is Norwegian Cruise Line, Oceana Cruises, and Region 7 Seas. Norwegian Cruise Line Holdings and Royal Caribbean Group created what they've named, that they call it their Healthy Sail Panel, and the objective of the panel is to work with the CDC to coordinate a path so they can all resume cruising. The two companies need to implement health and safety protocols that, of course, will comply with CDC guidelines and their plans on how this will be accomplished still are not clearly defined. Well, and as we've seen over the past, what, 12 months at this point, Norwegian's always the first one to drop the cancellation. And then Carnival's normally next and then Royal Caribbean and then repeat. Norwegian will do it again. That, at least that's been the trend over the past year. So it'll be curious to see how where the other two fall following Norwegian's latest announcement. Yeah, it's like watching uh, an increase in daily gratuities mm-hmm. or beverage yeah. packages. Usually Norwegian's the first, and then it just follows suit. Well, here's some positive news. Two U.S. river <laughs> cruise lines are back. Yeah, and finally some good news, right? So the first cruise lines to begin operations from U.S. ports began sailing again. American Cruise Line's 51-stateroom Independence departed from Amelia Island, Florida, for a week-long cruise to Charleston, South Carolina, along the Intracoastal Waterway. The ship will do the reverse itinerary next week. And also next week, American Cruise Line's recently launched modern small ship called American Jazz sets out on a lower Mississippi River cruise going from New Orleans to Memphis. And then American Queen Steamboat Company began their first cruise with a private charter aboard the paddle wheeler American Duchess, and the ship also cruises the lower Mississippi River between New Orleans and Memphis. And then next week, the cruise line will debut its new ship, American Countess, in New Orleans, with the first Mississippi River cruise for that ship departing on March 28th. See, this is exciting. Like you're having, a, you know, we're not getting the ocean cruises back, but these smaller guys are coming back. And uh, I think that's, you know, with the older demographics sailing the vessels you just mentioned and the cruise lines you just mentioned, that's something positive to look forward to moving forward. I think so, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's all you're going to say about it. Okay, that's fine. We'll just keep rolling here then. Well, a, a scary incident aboard an MSC cruise ship. Yeah, so last week a fire broke out aboard the MSC Lyrica off the coast of Corfu, Greece. There were no passengers on board as the ship was in warm layup with only 51 crew members on board. The fire originated from one of the ship's starboard side fiberglass lifeboats on deck six. And along with MSC Lyrica's two fire brigades and with assistance from local emergency services, the fire was quickly brought under control. The cruise line said there appears to be no damage to the inside of the ship, but only on the promenade area where the lifeboats are located. That fiberglass burns pretty hot. Did you see the side of that ship? It is completely charred. It was. It was not a pretty sight. It was a scary sight. 
You know what it reminded me of is remember in 06 when the uh, what was the Star Princess caught fire? Yeah, and remember when the back of Carnival Ecstasy yeah. caught fire? Mm-hmm. That was huge. Yeah, never uh, never fun there. So two listener questions today, yeah. Sherry. The first one is from Leanne. Leanne wants to know what's the difference between a passport card and a regular passport. Passport, rather. We are traveling to the Bahamas next summer. Now, that's a really good question, Leanne. Thanks for asking it, really. And let me try to explain the differences between a passport card and a passport book, which is what we know of as the navy blue regular passport. So a passport book, as you know, has a lot of pages for you to fill up with country stamps that you usually get, you know, when you arrive or you depart from a foreign country. And it also has room for visas. It's the only document. This is the passport book. It's the only document that the U.S. government will allow you to use to enter a foreign country and then re-enter the United States for your return. Now, the passport card, which, you know, like looks like a credit card, there are certain limitations that will affect your ability for foreign travel. So it's cheaper than a passport book, but it can only be used for re-entry into the U.S. from Bermuda, Canada, the Caribbean, and Mexico. And it's only valid for re-entry at cruise ports and land border crossings. So if all you take are cruises from the U.S. or ride Amtrak between the U.S. and Canada or just drive across the Canadian border, a passport card will work. But if you're now here, we always talk about this. If you're on a cruise and you should become sick and have to fly home, your travel by using the land or sea passport card will, in effect, delay your reentry into the U.S. So, as we always say, just get a passport book if you can afford it or if you can't get the card and then upgrade later on. Just so I'm clear on this, Sherry. So if you're going to on a cruise, let's say out of Seattle up to Alaska or Galveston to Mexico or even Miami to the to Nassau, Bahamas, you do not need a passport book. You could use the card. That is correct. If something should happen and you get sick, flying mm-hmm. back into the U.S. without a passport book will delay your reentry. Gotcha. Okay. So, and to be clear, yeah. you can also use your birth certificate still on those cruises, but just, you know, if you're choosing between a card and a book, it sounds like the book is the one to get. It is the way to go. Um, you know, of course it is a bit more expensive, like I mentioned, mm-hmm. but you know, unless you're a surface traveler from the U S to Canada or those four other, um, foreign countries, so to speak, you really need a passport book. And the next question comes from Dave. He says, how kid-friendly of a cruise line is Cunard? We are looking for a family reunion with 30 people. Half of them are under the age of 35. Hi, Dave. You know, you didn't mention how much under the age of 35 they are, but uh, a lot will depend really on the itinerary that you choose. I've only cruised Queen Mary, too, for transatlantic crossings, and rarely do I see any kids. If there's more than two or three, it's a lot. So... My guess is that for Caribbean or other North American departures, you would see more children, especially during the summer or during holiday season. And all that said, Cunard ships, all three of them, have a night nursery, which is suitable for kids aged six months to 23 months. And it's open from 6 p.m. to 11 p.m. It's complimentary and gives the parents a chance to have a meal, a nice dinner. There's the play zone for little kids ages two to seven years old. And then the older kids from ages eight to 17 have what's called the kid zone. And like I said, all services are complimentary, but 
again, is it similar to the, the, the river cruises in the U.S.? It's mostly older people, and I would say 50 and up. But again, if you're going over holiday break or maybe the short, uh, Queen Mary always has the five-night um, Fourth of July cruise out of New York City. You're probably going to have families with children on those. On your transatlantic cruises, though, um, you said you didn't see many kids. I think that also depends on what kind of people you're traveling with, right? Like if someone wants a nightclub every single night and to booze it up, it probably isn't the best bet. Yeah, well, they have, you know, G32 is the nightclub on Queen Mary, too. I don't know about about the other two ships. Um, I've only toured them during the day. But, you know, the dress is more formal. It's not like some people get dressed to the nines every night. But, you know, if you're a parent with two small children, it's probably not, you know, you're not going to want to carry a baby if you're wearing a, a nice suit or a dress that's, you know, cost you $500. So it, it all really depends. But, you know, if, if for Dave, um, you know, you could go. It depends what the other half under 35, what their ages are. I mean, and, and also, Sherry, if they're looking for like some fraternization with people that are under, you know, in their 20s or 30s in the nightclub or whatnot, it's just going to be your family members primarily. Right. I mean, you're not going to have a lot of younger people just sailing a Cunard ship for the hell of it unless they're afraid to fly and have to get across the, the, the continents. <laughs> exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean the the nightclub really it's open to like like two in the morning, and it does get crowded. It really does. It's the only thing that's open at night that has music. You know, past ten o'clock. Very good. You're really selling Cunard. I'm proud of you there. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> I try my best. <laughs> I just can't wait for the transatlantics to start again. I am just I just miss Europe, and you know, without Queen Mary, it's two weeks with any other ship. So. Where do you think the first place you're going to go is going to be once the world opens back up? Well, um, it'll get me over to Southampton, and then I take the train up to London. And from London, I switch trains to the Channel and go down to Paris, and then another train down to Rome, and then up to Venice, back to Paris, and then I catch another ship out of England. How long does that take you when you do that whole circumnavigate thing? Well, it's a week crossing both ways. If you take Queen Mary too, that would give you uh, what a week mm -hmm. to run around Europe, and then in time to catch the ship going the other. No, it's two weeks to catch the ship when it comes back to England again. So, you know, what I usually do is I'll take Hound America from somewhere, usually Florida, over to straight over to Rome. And that bypasses all the trains and the luggage and an overnight here and there just to get down to Rome. And then I'll make my way north, maybe go up to Scotland and then come back down and catch Queen Mary on the return. It just really all depends on the logistics and how I can put it together. You've been talking with Sherry Laskin from CruiseMaven.com. As always, thank you, Sherry. Talk to you next week. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. Talk to you then. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. 
How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. All right, Dougie, let's see what we got for you, buddy. Cruise Radio is produced at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Get cruise news, ship reviews, and money-saving tips every Thursday on Cruise Radio. If you've enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to the show. If you want to help spread the word, give Cruise Radio a five-star review. Find Cruise Radio where you listen to your favorite podcast or online at cruiseradio.net. I'm your announcer.